0: you are listening to the spectral skull session tales from the twilight world of myth mystery and imagination the idea behind this podcast is that we explore claims about the occult supernatural and paranormal from an analytical standpoint we're open to the existence of a world beyond the five senses and we dismiss that dogmatic skepticism that insists that any story about the unexplained has to reduce to hallucinations or swamp gas. But we're not committed to any particular theory or philosophy about what the paranormal is, and we realize that, whatever is out there, the answer is likely to be more complicated than any existing model or theory. What we bring to the table is small-s skepticism, a skepticism that we throw as much on the mainstream accounts as we do on the supernatural story. Okay, let's get started.
1: Do you ever have this problem? You're getting ready for a long walk in the woods and you want to roll a spliff of smokable herb. You've got your herb in the bathroom. You're rooting around in your toiletries kit for medical scissors so you can chop it up nice and fine but then you have to go get a plate from the kitchen. When you're all done, it's a mess. You've got herbs all over the bathroom. Your hands smell like herb. You've got to wash all this stuff and put it back. It takes forever to get out the door. You're not vibing. you got to light that spliff up before you can feel at peace. Ugh. Luckily, Happy Trees has the solution, a premium-grade stash box from Happy Trees. That's happytreessupplies.com. Happy Tree sells a convenient lockable stash box. It comes with a four-piece titanium grinder that will give you the smooth grind you've been looking for. The 50 diamond cut teeth grinds your herb to the perfect size for cones and rolls. The neodominium magnets keep the lid on tight while you grind. There's also a stash jar, which will protect your herb from damaging UV rays and keep moisture in so your stash stays fresh. The airtight seal helps keep smells inside so you can save them for yourself. There's also a metal rolling tray so you can save every precious bud. And everything fits snugly into the box. Plus it has a key so your nosy roommate or your little brother isn't poking around in your stash. They come in three varieties. There's the Metatron's Cube themed box that has Metatron's Cube etched on the box and every accessory. Metatron's Cube is a sacred image associated with the angel who translates the directives of God into a form comprehensible to humans. This is according to the Kabbalah. There's also a Desert Visions themed box. It has colorful desert scenes painted onto the accessories. And for those of you who prefer plain, there's a box made of bamboo that is just adorable. I have my own Happy Tree stash box. Yes, I use it to hold my stash. I absolutely love it. These boxes range from 38.90 to 28.90 on the website. HappyTreesSupplies.com, but now Happy Trees is offering a special deal to anyone who listens to this show. Use the coupon code SPECTRAL20 for a 20% discount. What are you waiting for? Skip the mess, get organized, and preserve your stash from degrading ultraviolet light and snoopy little thieves who try to make off with your herb. Check out HappyTreesSupplies.com. That's HappyTreesSupplies.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spectral Skull Session. This is your host, Dane. Boy, do we have a show for you this morning. I'm thrilled to be presenting to you our first fide exclusive interview with a cryptid experiencer. In the segment that follows, Chris and I interview Amanda, a Pennsylvania woman who had a skunk ape encounter outside of Plant City, Florida in March of 2013. I first came across Amanda's story on YouTube. I immediately reached out to her and asked her if she would be willing to come on the show, and she very graciously agreed. A warning to the audience, what is about to follow is a little bit spooky. If you have any small children who are easily frightened, you may wish to wait and listen to this episode after they've gone to school or gone to bed, whichever the case may be. We are talking today about nocturnal humanoids, seemingly impossible creatures that dwell in the darkness of the Florida swamplands. Okay, Amanda, um, I was really impressed by the story that I saw you post on YouTube, and um I was just wondering if we could start at the beginning. Could we, could we ask a little bit about you? Sure. So what brought you down to Florida where you encountered this uh, skunk ape? Could you give us a little background about how you got into that situation?
2: Well, without diving too much into it, um, I got into some trouble. And I ended up leaving Pennsylvania, And I left and took off all the way to Florida because I guess that seemed like it was the right thing to do at the time. I was young and dumb. And uh, my ex-girlfriend came with me. At that point, we were together for probably about five years. And when we got down there, we kind of made friends with a few of the guys the very first night. And they gave us a tent and we pitched a tent in the woods, man, and we... We roughed it, um, without getting too much into the negative details of it.
0: All right. Interesting. And whereabouts in Florida were you, uh, roughing it and camping?
2: Plant city, Florida, right off route 39. Actually, uh, the first stop we were the, when we first got there, we ended up behind a laundromat right there on route 39 and we stayed back there for a good two months. And we ended up meeting this guy named Billy. And he ended up taking care of us and making sure we would eat. Um, We would go down there every day. They had dinner from the homeless at the park. And we would go down and they'd make sure that we would eat down there. Um, People down there are a lot nicer than they are up here in Pennsylvania. They're a lot more hospitable. (laughs) Uh, So although the police weren't very homeless friendly, the the locals very were homeless friendly and i appreciate each and every person that i met down there uh.
0: so um you know we're, we're going to talk about your skunk ape encounter today and uh, is that the preferred term i know people have different terms they like to use swamp ape, skunk cake cabbage man uh, is that your preferred nomenclature for the the skunk ape, or do you prefer some other term?
2: I like to use swamp ape. Um,
0: swamp ape, yeah. okay, cool.
2: That's totally what works. I that's what I know him by. But I up here uh, hear a lot of people call him uh, skunk apes because of their smell. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And and so, did you encounter this cryptid during your time uh, camping out? Uh, as or in Florida, or was it at some other juncture in your time in Florida?
2: No, it was it was during my camping out in Florida. Actually, I, I ended up living in the Cornet Mines for a good five months out of the year and a half that I was in the tent. And mm-hmm. the Cornet Mines it is a good three and a half to four miles outside of Plant City. Like it's it's roughing it wilderness out there.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: When we were out there. We did encounter coyotes. I saw gators out there. Um, there was one that liked to frequent our campsite a lot because of my dog. Um, he was huge. He was a good six foot. He was a big boy. Uh, oh wow. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't too aggressive towards us. Only when we had the dog around. So we made sure to keep her around away from that that part of the swamp. Okay. Yeah, the Cornet Mines, it, it, it was a big, big piece of property out there. Um, it's private property, just so everybody mm-hmm. knows, to not go out there because you will receive a hefty fine. Yeah. Believe me, I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, that's... It, it wasn't... At the time, it was not a very happy experience, we'll put it that way. I was terrified
0: yeah i mean i would be terrified too so why don't you kind of set you kind of set the stage for this first encounter that you had where was it daytime was it nighttime were you sleeping or you know getting ready to sleep are you awake what's going on in this first encounter that you had
1: actually could could i interrupt yeah go ahead could you go back even further i thought that in the video you did a really good job of setting up the coronet mine area Amanda, could you talk a little bit about what that environment is like? And then I was also curious, were you actually in the mine? Like, can you get into the actual caves, the tunnels?
2: Um, It's a different kind of mine down there. What it is, it's a a phosphorus mine. Um, You can't, I was not able to access the mines. But what it was, what it looks like is this giant sand pit. And it's just this blackness in the middle of it. Um, I think I do have a picture that comes up on the video uh, of an actually I circled where the mine was. It's over by the industry part of it. But um, with the Cornet mines, it, it was just a really big open space with a lot of swamp patches in it. And what I mean by swamp patches is it was plains. All of it was very flat. There was some sand dunes. There was quicksand. Um, it was huge. It it was it took me a good day to walk from one side to the other of it um and that's that's walking long ways that's not walking the width of it that's walking the length of it um like i said we we definitely know that there was the the florida cougar down there we heard it um there was hogs down there if you can see from the sky there is big dirt patches where the hogs like to root around um you can see from the sky images, too. You can see the patchiness of the swamps around the parts, uh, around the the, the the grassy parts of it. There were snakes down there. Uh, there was cows down there. The owner of the property had, had a lot of cows. My dog liked to chase the cows. So it was huge. <laughs> and I feel like that word doesn't even give it justice.
1: It sounds like a vast... It sounds like a vast, sort of treacherous area, and it, humans sort of carved it out, so it's not a natural place. It's sort of an abandoned place.
2: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, when you walk in, you do actually see, uh, I would say, the foundation of some structures that used to be there that are, aren't there anymore. Like, it's very vast and you really do have to watch where you step out there. You could be stepping in a hole, you could be stepping in quicksand. The quicksand is not always over where the sand pits are, so it's very, you really have to watch where you're going.
1: Do you get the sense that it's a place that's frequented by people, or is it pretty much totally desolate? Is that why you picked it out for the desolation?
2: Yes, yes, I wanted, um, actually when I was living in town at the time in the tent in the woods, uh, behind the laundromat. I came upon some not-so-friendly homeless people, and I just wanted uh-huh. to get away as far as possible. So Billy ended up taking me and my ex all the way out to the Coronet Mines, and I trusted this man. He was a very, very good man. And uh-huh. we all kind of built our camp, uh, camp out there. We actually called it our Hobo Mansion because it was our tents, but we also had these big poles, and we had um, we had, what was that, mosquito mesh going around, mosquito net. So the mosquitoes wouldn't come in from the swamps. So we actually had a really cool thing going on out there. But yes, we we picked it to get away from everybody.
1: And was it just you three who were there the night of the encounter?
2: Yes, actually, it was my dog too. But yes, us three.
1: Very good. Yeah, the dogs are four. <laughs> That's great, Chris. Did you? What was your question again, Chris? So yeah, I uh,
0: really wanted to, you know, get into this encounter. Uh, in terms of like kind of setup, when is it occurring? Um, morning, night? What's going through your mind? What are you seeing and experiencing? in, in as much detail as possible.
2: Uh, to be quite frank, I was trying not not to piss myself. Um,
0: I bet. I bet. It.
2: It was. I never want to experience something like that again. I mean, it was. It was. I I don't even know how to explain it, the feeling of it sometimes. Because to be looking at something that you have been told all your life does not exist, I mean, staring it right in the eye, and it it looked right at me. Um, Yeah. I I felt like I was very insignificant. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. I felt like at any moment that this thing could come over to me and just be like, your life's over. That's it. That's how big mm-hmm. this thing was. I, yeah. Um, but without getting too much in, like after that night, I, I got really depressed for a little while
0: mm-hmm. because
2: it, it really did mind freak me very bad
0: yeah i could only imagine that it would um you uh, encountered the impossible in real life and certainly i think it would be a anyone would have a natural reaction of being in mortal fear with this unknown gargantuan being just there in front of you
2: Now, i don't even walk out my front door without looking over my shoulder I don't want to go out into the woods and hike anymore i don't want to go hunting anymore i don't want to go fishing anymore because i know that these things are out there yeah and i believe that that's yeah. going too far into their realm and we need to stay where we belong
0: i think a healthy respect for nature is always a good thing um so when, when you encountered this so was it was it daytime was it nighttime what happened that kind of led up to it? Did you did it just kind of walk into your camp? What's going on?
2: Well, it's about 1 a.m. in the middle of March. This is in 2013. Mm-hmm. What it was, was me and Billy and we'll call her Sally. We don't really talk anymore, so I won't use her real name. Um, me, Billy and Sally, we were hanging out, telling old war stories, you know, shooting shit around the fire. At this point, I had no feeling of being watched. I had no feeling of anything other than a normal night. It was a very quiet night. Um, The moon was full, so I remember it being very light out. And Billy comes over and he dumps the fire, dumps water in the fire like he does every night. And we all go and we retire. Abby sleeps right between our tents. Abby's my big, uh, my dog. And we're laying down. And I hear this 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 tree snap, but it wasn't anything to draw immediate attention. I'm like, okay, so it's some critter in the woods, no big deal. And about 15 minutes later, I'm about in between dream and still conscious, and Abby growls. And the first thing I shot up, I immediately turned into that growl, and I realized there's something big in them woods. My dog, she won't growl unless there is immediate danger. Um, right as I'm queuing to her, Billy speaks up and he says, hey. And I said, yeah. And he's like, did you hear that? And I said, no. And I go to start to unzip the tent. And he said, wait. And I'm like, okay. And the next thing I hear is through the woods, and it's like sounding like something's big is going through the limbs. And then we hear the water, something walking through the water. And he's like, "I have my revolver." Immediately, I thought it was a it was a cougar. I thought it was something like that. Mm, yeah. I started to sweat. I didn't know what to do. All I had was pepper spray and, and a freaking flashlight. And I yeah. knew if it was a cougar or anything like that. My dog does not stand a chance. Not at all. So I'm fearing for that. I'm fearing for Sally throughout this whole entire thing. I think I just panicked the whole entire time. <laughs> um, and then we hear this tree break and it was this ear-piercing split, and the tree hits the water. And the way that the tree broke, you could hear it was a high crack. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this had anything to do with that swamp ape. Yeah. But that's when Mm. everything stopped from it being a cougar to it being something else. Okay. And I think Billy cued into that fear. So he immediately spoke to me and he said, grab your flashlight and grab the pepper spray. I have my revolver and we're going to get out and we're going to scan the swamp line to see what's in there. Mm-hmm. And right as we're getting out, <clears throat> and he turns his flashlight on and he meets these set of eyes. And these eyes, they are big and they are red, but I believe probably from Uh the reflection of the flash. They are glowing. This thing is about eight to eight and a half feet tall, not even 20 yards away from us. As the light hits him, we could smell something, but as soon as the light hits him, it is immediate smell, repulsive, repugnant smell.
0: So the moment that you essentially confront the animal, that's when the odor became stronger, almost like a maybe a defense mechanism? Or was it just that you could smell it better since you were out of the tent?
2: No, we were standing out of the tent right as he's scanning it through. We were already out of the tent. And this thing, right as the light hit it, the smell was awful. I even remember my dog, she whined. It was awful. It was... And then it screamed. It went from this low guttural to this really high. And I I can't really explain the highness of it, except it could break glass. Like you had to put your hands over your ears. It was awful. And back in the background, it almost sounded like something was echoing with it.
0: Like there was another one, maybe another one in the woods. I
2: believe that there was another one back at the beginning of the swamp. Because although it does echo out there because it's all flat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It was an echo and then it was a carry-on. And then it stopped.
0: I mean, I have absolute goosebumps right now at the description of that, sh- that scream. Uh, I, I, you had me up till then. And once I heard that scream, that had to have been absolutely terrifying um and it, it didn't sound like a person though it was like beyond what an, a person's range would be in terms of the, the uh, yeah
2: when it was okay. high there was absolutely no way that that could have been a person not even the best opera singer could have hit that
1: oh scary stuff did it sound like any kind of animal you've ever heard no
2: absolutely not mm. absolutely not um uh I don't understand why people call them apes. Mm-hmm. Because it, it didn't even sound like an ape. It uh when it hooped when it or whoop or whatever because in the return when it was when it screamed and the other one chittered, it did do this really low to really high whoop and that was the only part that ever made me feel that it had anything to do with an ape. That was it, Hmm. but that was not a human or animal scream I have ever heard in my life. And I don't want to hear that scream ever again.
0: Oh, I bet. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think I'd ever want to hear that scream in my life. Um, could you describe physically, could you describe the creature to us a little bit more?
2: At first glance, it looked like it was wearing a ghillie suit. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. absolutely was not wearing a ghillie suit. It did not have fur, like thick fur. It had shag hair almost. Kind of like a shagger circ for weave going on, but not really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Its hair maybe came... Its chest was shorter and its hair up underneath its arms probably came one to two inches. It wasn't very long. (laughs) The hair on its head was long. Okay. Um, It had a very distinguished brow and very deep sunken eyes. Um, I couldn't see its ears but it had long hair and it was dark brown or dark red and it brushed the top of its shoulders and it had a cone head, but not a distinguished cone head. I... It was... It, it didn't look like an ape head.
0: Okay, so the top of the head was pointed... You're saying it was pointed like a cone at the top. It,
2: it looked like we were staring at a big hairy man.
0: Big hairy man.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, its hands were huge. I'll never forget the hands. Its hands... Uh, the skin was gray, almost like it had a green hue. I, maybe from camouflage or whatever, maybe from the reflection of the swamp into its face off of the light, I don't know, but it definitely looked like the hands and the face had a pale green hue. It was very strange, very, very strange.
0: I just love the level of detail. Yeah. That you're providing in this narrative yeah it's it's this is great
1: um and oh, go ahead Dane. amanda did you get a sense of the shoulder breath how wide was it and did you and did that give you a sense of its musculature
2: the shoulders were a good three to three and a half feet wide this thing was huge the muscles it the muscles, i mean it dwarfed Hulk hogan. hogan dwarfed him dwarfed this this I mean it's it's upper shoulders muscles were huge but its forearms into its hands were gigantic gigantic I I don't I don't know how to I mean the 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 fur didn't even come down all the way onto its hands <laughs>
1: Yeah, three and a half feet is just enormous. There's no human that that's that big. No,
2: no, absolutely not. There's there's no way that that could have been. I mean, unless this guy has been working out since he was two years old and <clears throat> conditioning his body to be like that. There's absolutely no way. Nor. It-
0: yeah, I mean, it it just it would defy belief. It would seem to me, based on your description, that it's more believable that it was non-human than it than it is a human right because just everything that you're going through is just uh, it, that that detail with the cone head. I really think that cone head detail is interesting I don't know what to make of it you know other than that's I mean, how they look but that's that's a pretty unique uh, feature that I'm glad that you were able to see it close enough to pick up on that uh, the red eyes yeah that's something that is does oftentimes find their way into these accounts I think you might be right too it was probably the reflection of the light off of its eyes so this thing's screaming at you what does it just book it does it What? what's it do then
2: it does absolutely nothing we take off okay we take off as this thing screams it looks right at me and my i feel like my heart's going to explode that's how loud it was i putting my ears over my hands and I look at Billy, and Billy looks at me, and all he, I pick the dog up, and I jerk Sally, and we just take off. We run through the swamps. We didn't even take the normal way around. We ran through that freaking mm-hmm. swamp to get to the gate. We were gone. Mm-hmm. I, I did not stick around for that.
0: Yeah, gators be damned, right? You were just out of there through the, <laughs> through the swamp. Get. I, I can't say I blame you. Yeah.
2: It's the snakes I'm terrified of.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I would have been there with you running through to get away from that thing as quickly as humanly possible.
2: Death by snake or death by <laughs> nightmare. I mean, I'll take the snake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, known, the known quantity any day, right?
2: Yeah. Um, but so I do, you get to the... Yeah, go ahead. I do want to add... Mm-hmm. That I do believe that my fear at the time was heavily exaggerated. Okay. It didn't post no threat. Hmm. I think we threatened it.
1: Do you think you were in its territory?
2: I think it was passing through somewhere it's been before and could have been considered its territory.
1: Hmm. Because you hadn't had any signs of it prior to that. You didn't have a sense that there was something out, you know, lurking around in any of the days prior to seeing it. No,
2: not at all. Not at all. But it's, for it to have come through at that very point, it had to know where it was going. So I, I do believe that it had to have been there before and it has frequented that spot before. It... The way it was coming through the swamp, because there is a special swamp to come through, a special path to come through that particular swamp in order to mostly stay up out of the water. But where he was standing (laughs) is he was two feet in front of that path in the water.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've I've navigated swamps before, and I've noticed that when you get to know them, there often are... Very particular ways in and out to avoid, you know, passing through waist-high water or worse. Right,
2: or boarding mama gators, nesting sites, places like that.
1: That's very interesting. So he knew where he was. Oh,
2: absolutely. absolutely.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. So He,
2: He was very confused. The look on his face as, who are you, what are you doing here? Like, it was very expressionable.
0: So you think his scream was one of terror or you think it was like a defense mechanism or a warning? What, what was your vibe from the scream as he clearly he was trying to communicate something to somebody, whether that be you or his pal, it's hard to say. But what did you get from that? What was your sense?
2: I really feel like it was screaming at us, like, what are you doing here? That, that I will never forget its face when it saw us when we when we <laughs> and it saw us before we saw it it definitely yeah. did but i think it's when we saw it it was more startled and that's when it screamed at us like why
0: yeah so it was basically like saying you know wtf and swamp ape that these human is these, these humans what are these humans doing in my in my territory you know uh yeah hmm
1: and did did billy oh sorry did billy and sally uh also see it and did they describe it the same way as you did
2: oh yeah they saw it sally won't even talk about it okay mm-hmm. she won't um uh actually the last time we spoke i tried to talk to her about it and she refused
1: okay You know, it's not uncommon in these experiences for the people who are all witnessing the same thing to have slightly different accounts of what it was. Did you guys have any disagreements amongst yourselves about what exactly the details were?
2: Not really. Um, She said that she could see the ears. That was the only difference. And I said that I couldn't. But as far... Interesting. Yeah, we, we, as close as it was for us, any of us to have any different features that we noticed, it would be very unlikely.
1: And everyone smelled the smell? Oh, absolutely. It was putrid.
2: The smell was there the following morning.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's another thing I was really curious about is, um, did you then ever find any other evidence of it? Did you find tracks? You say the smell? Any fur?
2: No, we did not find any fur. We didn't find any tracks, but we did find tree breaks.
1: Excellent. Was your campsite disturbed in any way? No,
2: no, absolutely not. Uh, actually down the way, there, down the path from our, from our camp, we found a dead gator. Like it was just pulled out and ripped.
1: Oh, like mm. something had eaten it.
2: Well, no, like it was just ripped, ripped apart. Not eaten.
0: Oh, it wasn't eaten. Hmm. But nothing, nothing was taken from the gator. It was just ripped.
2: Yeah, it was just ripped. Legs were ripped off of him.
0: Wow. Maybe he had a tussle with the swamp ape.
2: Uh, that yeah. that could be a possibility. I mean, I've learned <laughs> to to accept that anything is possible out there. Yeah. Um, it, it could have been another gator that came up and rolled his legs off. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Following what we experienced not a day before then.
0: So, yeah, I would certainly, there's definitely a strong correlation there and potentially could have been related to this swamp ape encounter. Well, that's
2: why I didn't so add we, it to the video. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah so since so after that just things were things just you know back to normal life as usual or
2: we moved
0: <laughs> You okay well you moved yeah so you got out you hightailed it out of there
2: yeah we did um there was a few instances where we never smelled it we never saw it but we did hear in that swamp when we moved we only moved closer to the woods on the far far end of the screen if you look at the the top of the picture or if you look <clears> at the picture <throat> on the video yeah um but every now and then we could hear through that that particular swamp what sounds like something walking up right through the swamp
0: hmm wow that uh, yeah. Now, let me ask you, so oftentimes, and Dana and I have talked about this amongst ourselves in depth, but oftentimes, phenomena such as this tend to be interconnected. So you'll see, um, kind of historically, there's maybe a Bigfoot, swamp ape, whatever, cryptid sightings coincide with other people having sightings of UFOs, which coincides with people having sightings of Ghost or other spiritual phenomenon. So it seems like when sometimes, although it's not always, but sometimes when something like this happens to a person, it kicks up other kind of bizarre events. Did you have anything like that occur after this sighting?
2: No. Okay. The only thing that ever happened with anything with that sighting was seeing the skunk ape and hearing it every now and then through the swamp.
1: Okay. Can I ask? Oh.
0: Okay, so you was a corporeal. It was just a, it's just an animal we don't know about yet. Is your interpretation?
2: I wouldn't even call it an animal. Hmm. I I would actually call it some maybe a human variant.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: Bigfoot variants. So why can't there be human variants?
1: Hmm. Absolutely.
2: I I have heard the stories of the Sasquatch and and the grass ape and and um seen the so-called videos and all and I'm not going to discount any of those videos because I wasn't there. And more power to the people that stood around long enough to film them. But this guy, he looked more man than he would gorilla. Mhm. I'll put it that way.
1: Wow. And did you have any after effects? You said that you were really scared. You said you're shaken up and that you don't go back into the woods now. I was wondering, at the time, like an hour later, next day later, did you have anything, physical effects, nausea?
2: Oh, oh um, gosh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I remember getting to the gate, and I don't know if it was because I was so out of shape or, or what. I, I puked everywhere. Um, I did end up peeing myself from fear. Just just to put out there how, imme- and I'm not one that fears many things. You know, I grew up with a Marine father in a strictly mm-hmm. Catholic house, so you guys put the pieces together. I don't fear much.
0: <laughs> mm. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an understandable reaction given the situation.
2: I, yeah, I did. I did. Um, I puked yeah. everywhere, and, and that happened. I, I couldn't think straight for a good two hours all i could do was stare back in the direction hoping that thing wasn't coming for us and it never did it never made any moves toward us
0: do you think if you would have stayed there things would have gone differently for you
2: that is a very hard question and that's one that i thought about for a very long time and try not to think about
0: Hmm. yeah
2: because all those what-ifs are what put me in a very dark negative space. Mm-hmm. So I take it for what it was.
0: Okay. Fair enough. It sounds like a good philosophy to have.
2: Right. I believe when I saw him, and it, him or her, um, it was me realizing where I stood in the life of things. Mm -hmm. And I realized that we as humans aren't as top dog as we think we are.
0: Yeah, sounds like uh, it was uh, profound on many levels. If you had any advice based on your experiences for our listeners today, what would it be?
2: Oh, gosh. Just if you go out there, always be ready for something. Be it a cougar or whatever, or just, just make sure that you always have some way to protect yourself.
0: That seems like good advice.
2: I, I never leave the house without bottles of water, a pocket knife, granola bars, because you never know what's going to happen.